0: Welcome back to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I am so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Today, we've got Jesse Klein back. We are once again having human design playtime. In other words, Jesse and I totally geek out on all things human design. It is so much fun for us, and I hope it's fun for you to listen to us. Today, Jessie takes us through all the profiles, and Jessie's a projector, so she's so amazing at guiding us and at taking things that already exist and breaking them down, making them easily accessible and understandable, and just listening to her break down the profiles, oh, it's so Good. This is her in her zone of genius. And I love it. I love how human design allows us to see how the whole group of people can have all the same information at their fingertips, but we present it in different ways. We are here to interact with it differently. Projectors are here to guide us. MGs, that's what I am. We are here to play and to carve new paths and to do things in brand new ways that don't exist yet. And we can both play in this human design space. And we can both lean on each other. And and I'm going to tell you, go check out Jessie's Instagram, at JoyfullyHuman. Human. She has these beautiful graphics that are so explanatory. And then her captions just break everything down. Go check it out. And then I'm here to explain it all in real time. I feel like I talk about human design in action. So that's this week's episode. In other news, I'm still doing core classes on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. You can go sign up at kelseyavitt.com slash core. These are donation-only classes, so you get to choose how much you donate, and then I send you the Zoom link, and we get together, and we play. Also, if during this time you are called to meditation, I've got a whole bunch of free meditations available on my site, and they are absolutely, positively, totally free. I will not know when you go in and you download one. I don't need your email address. I don't need any information from you. You just go get it, take it, take what you need. And you can get those at KelseyAbbott.com slash meditations. All right, let's get into the episode. And friends, go forth and be awesome. All right, here we go just playing, riffing, exploring, chatting about human design once again. Thank you for this.
1: Round two. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: I'm so excited. We've been having these conversations secretly um, and it's been so fun. And the I think the biggest thing, like the overarching message that I want people under, to understand is how much as we both share little tidbits of our design, we're finding that we are so similar. Right. Yeah, like on the surface, like when people look at the initial parts of human design, they'd be like, Oh, Jesse's a, a four six projector, Kelsey's a four six MG. Or they might not even include the four six bit and just be like, Projector MG, you guys are so different. Right. Or not. <laughs> or they might
1: look at the physical layout of our charts yes. because when you look at the physical layout of my chart, I only have two defined centers. Look at the physical layout of your chart, Kelsey, you only have two undefined centers. And I think people, you know, that's a good way to get started when you're looking at charts is to look at the actual physical chart and see how it all flows together. And I love that about human design that it's so visual. But like you said, at the end of the day, what the chart is, is just the physical shell, right? Mm -hmm. And there's so many layers to it. And as you start to unpack it, you realize that you can, you can have a tremendous amount of similarities with someone who is a manifesting generator, even if you are a projector.
0: Yeah. And you are actually like, so when we get into profiles and you've been rocking those posts on social media lately. So let's put a pin in talking about profile lines Yeah, at some point during this conversation. But with your six line, you're still in your like experimental phase with it. Yeah. So that's your, you've called it your inner MG.
1: yes. Yeah, I always tell people that because I am a little bit all over the place right now in the best way. It's super fun. But, you know, I'm figuring out what it means to be a physical therapist and a human design reader and a student of yoga, working on my yoga teacher training certification. But I'm just following what feels good. I'm following what my spleen is telling me to follow and I'm giving myself grace to not know all of the answers right now because you're right. I still am. I'm 20. I'm 28. My Saturn return is next February, so there's still some experimentation left to come.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't think it just like ends right away. Probably not. (laughs) Also, like, as you're talking about all these different pieces of you, I'm like, yeah, this seems totally normal. I see how they all fit together it's brilliant you need all of those pieces to be like like it's totally logical to me of course as i said to my husband the other night i don't have any logic in my chart (laughs) that's not how i operate (sighs) i have very little logic myself and
1: um yeah and you especially having the gate 57 as your conscious son you are going to see potential in other people and almost see the future so there have been a couple of things that you've said to me Kelsey almost like visions of um what you see in me before I even see it in myself which is Mm -hmm. super cool
0: I still know I know you're going to teach me breath work and I'm so excited (laughs) for that and um I've like I know you're not ready yet and so I've been like okay what other yoga teachers do I know like is there somebody else that I want to teach me and the answer no it, again, actually, when we got in on, I told you that the energy right now, my response to it is there's just hold up, Nah. Nah. And that's how I've been responding to like, oh, I bet I could learn breath work for that person. Nah. Like, it's just wait for Jesse. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. It's your sacral response. Yeah. So I think.
0: Yeah, it is. Because my sacral is definitely like a Like Ra said, it's uh uh-huh and uh uh-uh. No, mine is much more like, yes, or either nah or nope. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's nope, 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 nope. And it's a practice to not let that, those sounds come out sometimes, (laughs) just because it's not always polite (laughs) when somebody Mm -hmm. asks me if I want to do something to be like, nah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah not socially acceptable.
1: Yeah, totally. I love that. And I love that you're taking your own spin on it because there's a lot of things in the original human design teachings that people don't resonate with. You didn't you don't resonate with uh-huh and uh uh-uh. uh and I always tell people words are just symbols. They're just attempting to represent some the experience. Words mm-hmm. are just are just symbols for experiences. They're not the real thing.
0: Yeah. And actually uh, we had this conversation a little bit on Instagram. I I had totally forgotten about it when you were explaining your take on this, um, generators and MG's satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Can you go into that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So I worked with a young man back when I was a full time physical therapist and I don't know for sure if he was a generator, but at the same time, I know he was a generator. If you know what I mean, I can feel it. I can feel at a certain point, I can feel what somebody's energy type is. And he is where was at the time. 16-year-old, super charismatic, charming, um, super sparkly, loved working with him. He is an athlete, and his big goal was to get back to running. And he was a track and football athlete, but he was really gearing up for track season. And so every day he'd come in, and um, I would say, like, as soon as two – two and a half months after his injury, he was asking me, when are we going to run again? When are we going to run again? And he was recovering from a pretty gnarly ankle injury. So about three and a half to four months after his injury, it was finally ready for him to run. And um, so, and you know, it's kind of anticlimactic sometimes when you're, when you're rehabbing, because you have to go really slow and ease your way into things. So he probably jogged like three minutes on the treadmill at a speed of 5.5 to 6. But you could tell he was so happy. I could feel his excitement. And when he goes to get off the treadmill, I look at him and I ask him, are you so excited right now? And he just kind of turned his head slowly and looked at me with this like cute little smirk on his face. And he's like, I'm satisfied. And right then when he said that, I felt it in my bones. I finally knew what it meant to be satisfied. You know, it's like, I think generators and MGs definitely have this thing of being lit up and being excited, but then they also have this feeling of being satisfied, which to me is like that feeling when you like just accomplish something really big and you just did a hard workout and you're just kind of like blissed
0: out, you know? Yeah. So that term resonates with me so much. Yeah. I think the satisfied doesn't resonate with me because my grade school, Gave effort grades. I'm like just remembering this right now. Give effort grades. And it was like E for effort. And there may have been like E plus and E minus. I don't remember. S was satisfactory. And like that wasn't good. Right. That wasn't like when someone's judging how hard you're trying and they say you're satisfactory. That was like a, you don't want to be satisfactory. So I think of satisfied as satisfactory. And I'm like, I don't want that. Yeah, I want to be excited, but I want to be blissed out. And um, it almost feels to me like solid. Like mm-hmm. that's how like I finish a good workout and I'm not necessarily like, so excited. I'm like, yes, solid. That was solid work, which is funny because right. this actually isn't a word I use regularly. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like a word from the 80s.
1: Totally. I just wanted to take a quick uh, segue. It's actually on, um, it's kind of on topic, but I apologize if you're picking up any background noise. I am quarantined with my family and my stepdad who's a generator, he can't stop, won't stop. So he's like demoing stuff in the garage (laughs) right now. So (laughs) I just bought a new microphone and that may filter out some of the noise, but I can't always uh, filter out (laughs) everything.
0: That happens. <laughs> we love generators. We love the can't stop, won't stop
1: energy. <laughs> yeah, he's got to find something to do, man.
0: Mm-hmm. He's got to use it all up. <laughs> yep, yeah. all of it. I, yeah. I. I mean, I remember last time we talked, you were like, "An MG has done three workouts by noon." Mm-hmm. Again, two workouts, three hours so far today. I'm, I'm happy now. Now I can, okay. now I can sit and talk to you. I love it. Before I only would have been able to talk to you if you were working out with me. <laughs> because I needed to move. Actually, which brings me to the root. Yeah. Um, so I was talking with my husband who's got an open root. Mm-hmm. And when we walk our dog in the morning, it's like a my body is like, let's go. Mm-hmm. It's nothing, it's not mental at all. Like there, but like my body is like, like I feel the pressure mm-hmm. to we gotta go. Mm-hmm. And he's got a defined crown, and defined yeah. gojna, but no root energy, mm-hmm. a wide open root. And so I was telling him this and he's like, yeah, I don't get that at all.
1: Yeah. That's so fascinating because my boyfriend has an undefined root. And as we shared last time, I have a super defined root and we were we went hiking the other day. Uh, pretty steep uphill climb, and we're both just slightly out of shape right now, so it was a lot for two projectors, (laughs) but um, one observation that we made is that he really takes in and amplifies my root energy, so it gives him that, like, motivation to go, and early in our relationship before I knew about human design, I used to get so frustrated when we'd hike together because I hike all the time, and he would smoke me. And I was like, what is going on? Why is he smoking me? But I think that what's happening is he's taking in my root energy and he's amplifying it. And that gives him that boost and that push. And then what happens, because it, it kind of is a reciprocal thing, my root energy gives him boot a boost. And then internally I get motivated and say, okay, I have to keep up with him. And then I yep. generate more of my own root energy and then I, I catch up with him. And I was reflecting on this too because my whole life as long as I can remember people have always loved to work out with me but I don't always like to work out with other people (laughs) I could work out on my own and be totally fine and in fact I enjoy it I enjoy pacing myself but I've always had a lot of invitations to work out with other people and have training buddies and all that sort of stuff especially when I used to be an avid runner and run club and all that stuff people used to love doing and planning workouts with me. So it's fascinating to think about that and wonder if it was because of my root.
0: That is so interesting. And that resonates so much with me. And so, yeah, and the other side of the root energy, my other little epiphany about it recently was my body tells me when it's time to go to bed and my body wakes me up in the morning. And without root energy, I've noticed my friends with open roots, they don't know when to go to bed. Mm-hmm. They don't know when to wake up unless they have to find crowns and then they're either inspired to go to bed or they like should on themselves mm-hmm. that they should go to bed or they should get up. But oh, it's, so it's, fascinating. Like it's my body that's like, time to get up. Like it's like ding, up.
1: Yeah, that is so fascinating. You asked me about that last time if – I wake up in the morning with energy, and we were wondering if that was a root center trait,
0: yeah, and I'm
1: actually thinking that it is now. I think for a while, I was slow to wake up because I was healing some other things in my body, but now that I'm feeling a lot healthier, I'm waking up with I'm waking up with energy needing to move right away to the point of I actually went for a mile run last week I went for Three days in a row I did one a one mile run right when I woke up and I hadn't run in years. But it was just something that I woke up and I needed to do because I had the energy. Yeah. And it's also fascinating that you bring up going to bed at night because my boyfriend used to laugh at me and call me a three-year-old because it's like I hit this certain wall in the night where I have a lot of energy and I'm bouncing around and then all of a sudden it's a hard crash. Yeah. And especially now that I know I'm a projector, I'm really trying to wind down a lot more before bed and I do sleep better and am more rested when I give myself that wind down time but it definitely feels like I reach a certain point at the night it's probably around like 10 to 10 to 10 30 and my body tells me you're done
0: yeah yeah exactly and in, I remember in college I'd go to a party and I'd be like I'm going I'm going to go to bed what can't you like, wait a little longer. No, no, no. I need to go to bed right, right now. Like, exactly. right to this second. Right. Like, it's over. I'm done. <laughs> I was always the kid who fell asleep first
1: at the sleepover parties because I just couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. I just couldn't yes. will myself to stay
0: awake. All right. So, then on the other side of things, I notice my husband wakes up talking. Like, he's, mm. when he's awake, he's just like, full sentences, full, fully formed thoughts. Like every, things just come out of his mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, like my body is fine. I can, I'll go do all my activation exercises and stuff like that, but I have nothing to say. Oh, that's a hundred percent me. I relate to that so much.
1: Don't talk to me. I used to have, I am kind of getting away from caffeine now, but I used to always make that joke of, "Oh, don't talk to me until I've had my cup of coffee. I'm not a human being.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I'll move with you all you want, but I have no, uh, there's, and actually people talk about how they wake up with all these thoughts and I'm like, no, (laughs) it's nice and empty when I wake up. Same, get all open Ashton and crown. Yeah, and I love it. I love it up there. I love the spaciousness of that part of my design. It feels like expansiveness to me. Like a big value of mine.
1: Mm -hmm. I feel that too. Were Um, you a very, were you a really imaginative child?
0: Yeah, I was an only child. So, I mean, I still am an only child. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I guess it doesn't really leave you, does it? So yeah, I was always entertaining myself and that was never, never a problem. I don't remember ever being bored ever in my life. Yeah. Same, I was a
1: super imaginative child and um, when I was like, I went through this phase when I was two years old, probably that extended until the time I was three and a half, where I would wake up in the morning and be a different character every day. I would have a different name. And this also, I think, ties into me having an open G-Center, and I wanted to experiment with having different hats and different identities. But I'd wake up in the morning, and my mom would ask me, who are you going to be today, Jesse?" And I'd say Snow White, or I'd say Spot the Dog, or, you know, whatever character I was really into at the time. And for whatever reason, for like six months, I really loved Grumpy, the dwarf from Snow White. And so for about six months, my name was Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> and I also just, I also had, um, oh, you're going to love this, Kelsey. I had an imaginary friend for a long time in my childhood. He was an orca. Oh, because that's I also, amazing. I know. He was an orca. And um, I had a lot of adventures with with him. His name was Seashell. And it's funny too, there's so many things that we could talk about about this because I know that you were a marine biologist as well and I always wanted to be a marine biologist when I was a kid and the other funny thing about me having an imaginary friend was that there was this small part about it, the small mischievous part about it where I was like almost trying to get a rise out of the adults. You know, I was almost like <laughs> trying to figure out how they were going to react and I wonder if that's like, the six line in me, the role model line in me, because when the role model profile line six, when we're children, like we're kind of born with this innate wisdom and we're always kind of like observing what other people are doing. And Mm -hmm. so I think there is a small part of me that was like using my imagination to almost study other
0: people. (laughs) This resonates with me so much, except that your imaginary friends well, you were much more advanced in your naming <laughs> because my imaginary friends were um Media and Gadu. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then um I think there were a couple more eventually, but not like seashell. And no one was an orca. i don't I don't know if I even had a vision of what they looked like. Oh, fascinating. We just had lots of adventures together. We played in the woods together,
1: all um, day every day. Ah, amazing,
0: and yes, and I do remember actually. Okay, so then, then there was a family, you know, that had their name on on a wall or something. So, um, and they were the nobles, and I I don't know if I could read at that point or if I just had heard the name. And so noble, I was like Nobel. So for me, that was like no and Nobel was bad. Nobel would do bad things. And then there was Yesbel oh. who would do good things. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I'd try and get a rise out of the adults by saying like Nobel did that.
1: And not necessarily, oh, it wasn't
0: like God. I did something bad and blamed it on Nobel. I don't think. Maybe I did. Yeah. But definitely just like seeing it, like what happens if I say this? What happens if I do this? I love it. I yeah. resonate with that so much. I-
1: was definitely the child who had that healthy fear of authority. I wanted to follow the rules. I wanted to I wanted to be a good girl. I wanted to please people, but there was a mischievous side to me totally at the same time that wanted to see what I could get away with almost. Yeah. Um
0: do you, are you a people pleaser? Recovering okay (laughs) i don't think like i don't have i'm not a people pleaser yeah like there's a big part of me that really i like i never got that memo yeah i think it um i feel like it's defined g-center like i know who i am Yeah, and I, i just never wanted to change myself for anyone else
1: yeah i could see that i think for me I've attributed my people pleasing to having an undefined, actually an open solar plexus because to me, um, I think on the outside, I think that I'm trying to be selfless, right? And trying to be um, appreciative and acknowledge other people's emotions. But I think on a deeper level, I'm trying to avoid confronting people because if I confront somebody and they have an emotional reaction to it, I'm gonna feel it deeply.
0: Yes. So you're protecting yourself. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Let's uh let's talk about the profile lines before sure. we forget. Yeah. So do you want to just start the start with one? Start wherever you want. There are no rules here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah so it's favorite. it's fascinating because I recently started studying the original seven chakras and I feel like the original seven chakras still hold some value when it comes to studying them and take it or leave it this is almost how i envision it but i don't i also have an open ajna so i don't think there's one right way to um, to even visualize human design and how the system works but i almost think of the original seven chakras as being like organ systems of our body so we have like the musculoskeletal system we have the cardiopulmonary system we have the integumentary system which is our skin so we have like all these different groups of systems in our bodies that are responsible for different things and you know the seven chakras they're still used in Reiki there's a lot of practical applications like a lot of people have studied like the actual nerve structures behind them and the functions that they have which is super cool So that's kind of how I think about the chakras. And then I almost think about the human design body graph is like almost like one step underneath that, like another layer underneath where like the nine centers are kind of like the different types of like tissue types, like the actual, like what makes up of our organs. Um, Because when you study like the spleen, the spleen is like kind of like the old, Root center, but then also it's kind of like the third eye center. So it has like just like you can find different tissue types and different organs and organ systems, you can find like different elements of the human designs like centers in each of the chakras. And then it's like when you start getting deeper and deeper, I like I almost think of the gates and the channels as being like part of our DNA and all that stuff. So that's what I trip out on. But when I started studying the original seven, the original Hindu seven seven chakra system, I immediately was like, these are the lines. Mm. These are the lines like line one is like the root center because it's about gaining a foundation
0: mm-hmm.
1: and knowing who you are and what your physical boundaries are. And then when you develop your root chakra, then you move on to the sacral chakra, which is all about duality and learning how you're different from somebody else, right? And then it just moves up and up and
0: up from there. And Wait, I'm now hearing the echoes of child development psychology as well. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's a really
1: amazing book called Eastern Body, Western Mind that ties the chakras to the um to, to psycho- psychological development so i read that book and i just tripped out the entire time because i also am primarily a pediatric physical therapist so i've worked with kids a ton over the past three years and so not only is chakra development tied to psychological development but it's also tied to gross motor development so i'll give you an example the heart chakra It's the fourth chakra up in the original. We're not talking about like the heart center in human design right Right. now. We're talking about the original heart chakra. The heart chakra is said to develop between the ages of four and six, sorry, four to seven. And that's when you start learning about giving and receiving and the exchange of energy with other people and love and all that good stuff. Ages four to seven is also when kids start learning how to throw and catch. So, a four year old might kind of clumsily start to like, you know, let go of a ball, like they're trying to play with you. But then by age seven, that's usually when kids have kind of perfected the process, especially if it's something that's been nurtured in them. They can take a mature throw step to throw pattern and then they can also catch with both hands. I found that fascinating. It's like,
0: wait, I think it also, so I'm really rusty on this stuff. Um, cause this is back from college and it wasn't my favorite class, but, um, I think that's also the age when kids develop like identity, kind of like recognizing people exactly. by like, if someone cuts their hair, all of a sudden they don't know who they are and start oh, recognizing think- like, like, oh, girls wear earrings. So that person must be a girl if they have an earring.
1: Oh yeah. Kelsey, you're, you're having me dust off some Kabbalah webs back there. I think the identity stage is more in adolescence, but I could be wrong. And that's going to be more tied to the third eye center or the Ajna center, because that's about your kind of the vision that you have for yourself. I could be wrong though. I do need to brush up on the psychology part. Yeah.
0: And I'm thinking more identity of others, like recognizing Mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe somebody is listening and has a fresher fresher memory of this stuff. I actually had mono during, um, I took child development in high school and then in college. And when I took it in college, I had mono. So everything I remember is subject to extreme fatigue.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: totally. Yeah. Okay. So keep going.
1: But anyway, so when I started studying the chakras, I saw a huge amount of correlation between um, the chakras and the lines in human design, and everything in human design is like a repeating pattern of six. And my theory as to why, because there are seven chakras, so my theory as to why the crown chakra doesn't have any correlation, anything in that pattern is because the crown chakra is like, it's, it's about your connection to... Universal oneness. So there's nothing really physical about it So to me, it's like the line six is like we're kind of like where you step out of yourself and into how you as a puzzle piece fit into uh, The universal puzzle. I know yeah. we talked about that you had that beautiful analogy of like we're one human that is broken up into seven billion pieces like to me That's what the crown is it is like connecting with that energy so by by those um, correlations, when you look at like the line one, it's all about gaining a foundation, right? And so like a baby, when they're developing their root chakra, they're going out and they're investigating and they're exploring the world and they're gathering all this knowledge and they're learning about themselves through the outside world, right? And then when you move on to the line two and the sacral chakra, the sacral chakra is about, um, or, you know it's about duality so it's about learning that there is a separate there are separate entities outside of myself and the line two is often called the hermit but the thing about the hermit is being a hermit doesn't mean you're destined to be alone it just means that it's by being alone that you remember who you are right and the line one had to has to like investigate and explore remember who they are the line two just has to be alone and tap in with themselves to remember who they are so that they can be a natural at whatever it is they're here to do Mm -hmm. you know it's like the biggest wisdom that a line two is here to share is never going to come from reading the books or studying but it's going to be about you know them remembering whatever whatever things come natural to them yep
0: my husband's got a two line And things just come, like he's just really good at a lot of things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's such a beautiful energy. I have FOMO over twos because I, well, I'm a 4'6", as we know. Um, And then this may be getting a little out there for people, but when you look at your body graph and you look at all of the numbers, um, every single gate that you have in your chart, it's going to have a decimal point and a number afterwards. So how you get your profile is those top two numbers, um, the two numbers that are in the sun, they're gonna have a decimal place and then they're gonna have the numbers afterwards. So for me, I have, for example, the 58.4 and then I have the 18.6. So that's how you actually get your profile is it's the, the, the numbers that are from the decimal points, it's the top two of them, if that makes sense. Right, but it
0: goes right to left.
1: Yes, which is also confusing. Um, but the other thing to understand is that that's just like almost, that's your most dominant profile energy. You're also going to feel all the other ones because you likely have some combination of all the other ones too. But if you're a 4-6, that's just whatever one is most dominant in you. If you're a 6-2, those are the ones that are most dominant in you. Um, And for me, I only have one two line in like my entire thing. So I am so fascinated by two lines. I want to know everything about them. I want to know what they're up to. I want to just lift them and tell them how amazing they are because a lot of them don't know how amazing they are. And yeah.
0: I I haven't looked at this in my chart. So now I need to go look (laughs) (laughs) at how many two lines I have in my chart.
1: I love Very it curious
0: about that. Yeah. And so, yeah.
1: And so then moving up, I think the three lines, um, they're connected to the original, um, chakra three and the system, which was like all about gaining power to be able to take action. So, you know, taking everything that you learned when you were developing your root and your sacral and being able to, um, they go forth in the world and make something from it. And so the three line similarly is like that person who says, I'm going to take everything that we learned from the line one and the line two, and I'm going to mix it all together and form something completely new and different. They're, they're the experimenters. They're like the alchemists. They just like yeah. want to get hands dirty. They're
0: like the med scientist.
1: Exactly. I'm just going to
0: throw it all in a pot and brew it up and see what, see what I make.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Um, My my boyfriend is a 1-3, so he is totally that person who goes out and he needs to lay the foundation, so he needs to do all the research and learn as much as he can, but then he's not someone who can be told what to do. He needs to go out and experiment with it and trial it and make mistakes and learn, and then he can come back and say, this is what works for me. Yep. It's a very personal process.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. I in all my all my one threes. That's such a great concise description of them.
1: Hmm. I love them because, um, you know, as a four six, we don't have any of those like personal lines. We don't have lines one, two, and three, which are all about gaining the personal foundation of knowledge and wisdom and so to me a one three feels like home they mm. feel very feel very warm and safe and i can go to one three and i know that what they tell me has a lot of validity behind it like they have tested it out they're not going to tell me something that they don't truly believe in you know or haven't thoroughly researched and done the heavy lifting uh yeah. experiment experimentation for themselves yeah
0: that, um, I had actually never thought of that with a 1-3, but I'm thinking, i think in of you, Spence, if you're listening, she feels like home and like, oh my God. Yeah. I trust. It just like, it's a grounded trust. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: And the 1 and the 4 are very harmonious because moving on to the, to the line 4, the line 4 is all about also building a foundation, but building a foundation through people. So the one line is building a foundation of knowledge and wisdom. The four line is gaining their foundation through their network and through their people. And Ra Uruhu used to say that these are people who, you know, basically the biggest investments they make in their lives are in their people, which I resonate with so deeply.
0: I do too. And I think it was actually, I realized this after you posted about the four line, Mm -hmm. that I remember my grandfather was a great storyteller, and he always mm-hmm. oh, he, he told all these stories about how he got into high school based on like just knowing a guy, and he got into Yale just knowing a guy, and then he got this job just knowing a guy. And I remember being so frustrated as a kid and wanting to be like, "Pops, it's not like that anymore. You, just, you can't just do that." And yet, why did it trigger me so much? Because it's actually true for me.
1: Yeah. Because
0: it is true. It is all about relationships.
1: That's so me. Every job I've ever had has been because I knew somebody who knew somebody.
0: Yeah. It can be true.
1: Which to me makes complete sense when you look at the chakras again and you see that the fourth chakra is the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. So it's all about love and giving and receiving and connection with other people. And I think you, Kelsey, mentioned this in our last session of like, or maybe it was even in one of your other podcasts with uh, a different guest, but it was like the four six really goes through a lot of their trial and error with their
0: relationships. Yeah. I so relate to that. And then we hold, and then like rejection is the worst Mm -hmm. thing for us. Yeah. (sighs) Totally. That's gonna just like, you can... I don't know. There are so many things that won't hurt us. And then you re- it, it feels like rejection and we're just crushed.
1: hmm Yeah, I feel that deeply. Um, yeah. I actually, so I think with the four, we're really drawn to, you know, trying to find our people and, you know, trying to fit in. And it really, for me has taken a long time. Like when I was in high school, I was that person where I didn't really feel like I fit in with any one group. And this could be an Open G Center thing too, but um, I didn't feel like I really fit in with one group and I would bounce between group to group. Like I was like always looking for it. And now that I'm approaching my 30s, I finally feel like I'm starting to find my group and my network and my people but it has just taken so long to find that. So
0: I remember in college, I was a swimmer and my college had co-ed fraternities Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a like, no, swimmers hang out with swimmers. And people in fraternities don't hang out with swimmers and they don't hang out with people in other fraternities. And I was just like, what are these rules? No, none of that is for me. And I had (laughs) friends in all the different groups. And I always, I needed that. Yeah. And same I have here. a defined G-Center.
1: Yeah, same here. So who knows? We're spitballing. Yeah. Maybe it's not even connected to any of those things. But
0: um, yeah, Maybe I definitely. love people. And so I we want to know and be connected with all of them.
1: I love, I love my people. And I also love five lines because they, to me, are like such brave souls who said, You know, if the four line said to the world, hey, let's start working together so that we can, you know, share this information, you know, in our little network in our little tribe. The five line is the person who said, oh my gosh, this information is so revolutionary. I'm going to leave the tribe and I'm going to go tell everybody.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so... The thing I find fascinating about a lot of the people I work with who have um, a five in their profile is that they really struggle to quote unquote, find their ideal client. Yes. You know, because they just want to, they just have a message that they need to share.
0: Mm -hmm. And they're really, they're here to talk to the world.
1: Exactly. It's like, I I tell them, it's like, you could talk to your Uber driver almost the same way that you could talk to your best friend Mm -hmm. and strangers will just tell you things. Yeah. Because, because of your ability to communicate and connect. And so again, to me also makes total sense that this is connected to chakra five, which is the throat about being the messenger.
0: And that's so interesting because actually I'm thinking of one, three, five in particular who's got an open throat. Mm-hmm. And so it, that five energy, five line has the energy of the messenger mm-hmm. and yet you don't need to have a defined throat center
1: exactly. to be the
0: messenger. In fact, it's almost like you're m- more likely to be the messenger if you have an open throat.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's talk about this for a second because this is um something i've personally worked through i have an open throat and i used to use it as an excuse to not show up on instagram stories (laughs) um because honestly having an open throat it can be challenging sometimes because i really do feel like sometimes i need to have other people pull the words out of me Mm -hmm. and i have times that i feel like i have everything to say and times where i have like nothing to say And I think of people who have a defined throat, it's almost like you guys constantly have the energy from which to speak, or you have, I guess I should say, more consistent energy from which to speak. But it's like your words are kind of curated and almost filtered. It's like you have a unique filter because it's your voice, right? But for me, having an open throat, there's no filter. It's on and off. Mm -hmm. that's it and whatever comes out of my mouth is not always gonna be the message that's for me or from me but could be like a message that's from somebody else like because I have an ability to speak for other people um I have a girlfriend who is a counselor and she is um she is an amazing human. She mostly works with children and her throat is completely open. She has no gates there. And she has an incredible ability to speak for these children. What she's able to do, it blows me away, you know, because children a lot of times don't have the voice for themselves. And (laughs) Um, The things that she's like almost able to like pull out of them because she has an open throat is mind blowing. So my message to you, if you have an open throat is share, 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 you know, Um, share when you have the energy to share, when it feels forced, don't share, but you still, we all have a voice.
0: All have a voice. I think that does get confusing for people. To. They think like, wait, I'm not supposed to speak. No, yeah. no, no. Listen, just just rewind this if you need to and re-listen to what Jesse just said.
1: I, yeah, I struggled for a long time. That was one of my biggest fears was the fear of saying the wrong thing or the fear that my words were going to be misinterpreted. And the irony is that I think what, helped me really work through that was having an astrology reading that i didn't resonate with and i'll tell you why so i wouldn't say that i didn't resonate with everything that he told me i resonated with um there's a couple things he told me that were crazy accurate and then there were some things he told me that were not true and when i was reflecting back on that reading i realized that what he told me was like an opportunity to strengthen my intuition. Mm -hmm. And so it really dawned on me in that moment that we are all humans and we are all channels, I believe. And what I'm here to share, it's either going to resonate with somebody so much that they're going to use those words as validation to be who they know they're here to be, or they're not going to resonate with it. But guess what? By not resonating with it, they're strengthening their own inner wisdom. So in a sense, like there's no such thing as saying the wrong thing to somebody, both, both pathways are going to lead to them discovering who they are.
0: I had a similar experience with an intuitive session. Mm. And I realized it took me a couple days to like process everything she said. And it was like this, the, her words were swirling around in my head and I was waiting for them to drop into my body mm-hmm. and none of them did. Oh, and I wow. ended up like kind of holding and I was like, huh, here I am holding these things in my hands yeah. and I guess none of them fit. So I guess they're going in the garbage. I guess these are not for me. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. And so now that's how I know, well, we haven't talked about digestion yet, but if I mouth breathe something in, I know like, if you say something like super like capital T truth for me, Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll see me be like, like breathe it in with my mouth. Mm -hmm. But I now know if something, and, and then, and whatever you say that causes a mouth breath is Mm -hmm. going to, I'm going to feel it in my body. It's going to go straight to my body. But if something goes to my head... It might be true if it like falls, it feels like Tetris, like if it like like kind of falls down into my body, Mm -hmm. but if it just stays up there and swirls, no, that's not my truth. Yeah. It sounds so easy when I say it that way. It's not like the process itself is still, like I still experience the swirl.
1: I love and appreciate that about you so much, Kelsey, because another thing you and I have a lot in common is that. I have always been someone who knows what's going to be best for me. And I'm very stubborn. And even if it's a an individual who's in an authority position or if they're an expert or a guru, I'll know immediately because I'm splenic, I'll know immediately if that is for me or not. And it's, before I found human design, that was very difficult to communicate with people because we live in a world where we're taught to give our authority away. And I worked with so many people as a physical therapist who didn't want to tap into their own inner wisdom. They just wanted to be told what to do. And that was such a foreign concept for me. Because like I just said, you know, you and I are people who know what we need. So I love that this is a system where we get to really teach people how to tap into that because I've always wanted to be able to teach other people how to arrive to clarity in the in the way kind of like in the way that I arrived to clarity but also not in the way that I arrived to clarity Arrive to clarity in the way that it's
0: whatever they need for them because we're all unique I have two things to say to that one um, I feel like right now during this whole quarantine experience and coronavirus and all of this we are being called to, like, we are our only authority. Exactly. Like, where are you giving your power away? Mm -hmm. Knock it off. And I, like, I noticed, like, little places where it's like a little, it's like a mosquito bite. Look, Mm -hmm. you just gave your power away. Take it back. Exactly. Um, And then I was telling, just on a physical therapy note, I was recently telling a friend of mine who's a physical therapist, uh, he started doing some telehealth. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited for you guys to be offering that. I feel like for the people who totally give their power away, that is going to invite them like they're, you're going to, it's totally up to you now. Exactly. You got to do it all by yourself.
1: Completely agree. I personally haven't done any, any tele telehealth myself, but I've had the same exact thought like, well,
0: <laughs> you know, there's no power. more.
1: There's no more, I put my hands on you and you're fixed. That has been taken out of the equation, you know?
0: exactly. Isn't that so beautiful too? Like, look, you can do it all by yourself. Exactly. You don't have to do it all by yourself, but you can. You can do it by yourself.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And you can get helpers, but nobody's going to fix you. Yeah. Because you're not broken. Exactly. All right, line six.
1: Yeah, line six. So... Oh, line six. Um, so if line five is the messenger, I think of line six is like you're here to embody it. You're here to be it. When you move into line six, it's a lot less about telling people what to do. And it's more about just going forth and being your vision of whatever it means to be an ideal human for you. And I had a conversation with one of my good friends. He's a six, two. He is such an amazing person, a light worker. And he was talking about how, um, he was struggling to share a certain point because he teaches about what's called the themes of consciousness, which are kind of like steps towards enlightenment. And I almost think of like each, uh, each theme of consciousness is kind of like the um kind of like the measure of your vibration so if human design is like how your energy is created themes of consciousness is like what theme of energy you're emitting and creating so i think that they work together beautifully but we were talking about how like when you reach the higher themes of consciousness, like it kind of gets to be a trip because when you're in a theme of like love and lasting happiness and inner peace, um, for you to say that that is the ideal is actually kind of a trip because then you're actually projecting your own judgment onto that statement, which is a lower theme. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about this and how to share that with people. And I said, well, Matthew, you don't have to explain it to people. Just be it. And he had, I feel like he had a huge light bulb moment. He's like, Oh, okay. Because that is like, in a sense, like, I think the six line in a nutshell, the six lines, we go through a period of our lives as a three line. So what Kelsey was talking about in the beginning about me and going through trial and error for 30 years, we kind of live like a three But we also don't have that, like, kind of built-in resiliency measure that a three has. Because a three, it's like they can experiment all day long and be happy. Like, we don't really have that so much. We're just doing it as, like, almost a means to an end. And then as we approach 30, we start to remember that we have innate wisdom within us already and that we don't have to experiment so much anymore. And so between ages approximately 30 to 50, we kind of, um, they call it going onto the roof. We go up onto the roof of the house and we get to like focus on ourselves and observe other people. And again, this line I think is very visual. It's about having kind of a vision. It's about looking at what other people are doing. And so that's why I think it's very connected to the third eye or the, shock, the chakra six. Um so yeah, like I said, that second phase, we're kind of on the roof, we're observing other people, and then we get to come off the roof later in life and be this like role model. But again, it's not about being a role model and telling people what to do. It's just you embody it and the people will follow.
0: Mm-hmm. So, okay, I want to say things right now, but all I can do say it. is yes. Yes. <laughs> Because yeah. my body resonates with everything you're saying, mm-hmm. but my brain has nothing to contribute. Like my head has not, I have no words. Beautiful. Because actually my, my intention for, I don't know what year it is. I mean, I know it's 2020 now, but I don't know when I chose embody as a word, but yeah. it was my theme for the year. Wow. I really interesting. I, and this was before human design. Wow.
1: That's amazing. And I feel like it's
0: still a theme. It's actually human design helped give me permission to, you don't have to talk about it, just embody it.
1: Exactly. It's kind of the way I'm
0: always like, just go play. That's basically when I don't know what to do. It's like, just go play.
1: I love that. Yeah. You get to just be it. You know, and the funny thing about the six is that even though we go through this long process, and we we ourselves become conscious of the fact that we're a role model later in life, other people are always kind of sensing that we're role models when we're in when we're doing our magic things when we're playing, like you said, Kelsey. Um, funny example of this: I when I whenever I go hiking, without fail, I always get asked for directions. Every time, and I always ask other people, "Hey, when you go on hikes, do other people ask you for directions?" Never. I, I stop get stopped asked for directions all the time.
0: I used to get asked directions to the pool in college. Always, yeah. People just come- and I thought it was like, oh wow, so I've got really uh, obvious swimmer shoulders.
1: Yeah well, swimming is one of your magic lanes, right? Yeah, for me, yeah. hiking is one of my magic lanes. So when I'm in my magic lane hiking, people sense that I am like an authority of hiking somehow, mm-hmm. even if it's a trail I've never been on before. They they sense this, like this girl knows what she's doing because she's doing it. And I always get stopped and ask for directions and it used to irritate me. But now that I know that I'm supposed to be a six line I'm supposed to be a role model I just chuckle
0: (laughs) and so I think we've talked a little bit about like all the I don't know what word to insert there but the experience of being a four six so Mm -hmm. like right now we want to we love our people we want to be with our people so like our people are on social media so we want to be on social media but then we don't and then Mm -hmm. I think I told you about how what I realized about my relationship with email hmm. is when I send an email to my list, I really want responses. Yeah. But they see me as a role model. They see me just as oh. dropping wisdom oh. for them. And so I don't get I don't get much interaction with my emails. I get <sighs> it on social That's media. So fascinating. And once <sighs> I realized that, that helped me release it would helped me realize one, why I don't really like email. And two, like, oh, oh, okay, well, I can't change that. So, okay, I'll just try and drop wisdom in there. That is so fascinating, Kelsey.
1: That helps me so much, actually. And for those who are listening who aren't as familiar with the profiles, the first number in your profile is going to be how you perceive yourself. And then the second number in your profile is going to be how other people perceive you. So for Kelsey and I, like we perceive ourselves as the opportunists, as the networkers, as the people's people. Like we just want to be around our people. And then other people are going to perceive us as the role model. And that's hilarious because I have noticed that people will reach out to me in messages on Instagram and almost like not really know what they want to ask me, but just know that like that they're there for the wisdom. And so what I've started doing, especially because I have a lot of other coaches who follow me, you know, life coaches, health coaches, counselors, all, you know, all sorts of different, um, you know, lovely individuals who are here to be of service for other people. So what I've started doing is just like suggesting, hey, let's jump on a call to talk about how we can support each other and how we can network and how we can like, you know, have refer clients back and forth to each other and all that sort of stuff Um, because yeah like I said people they come for the wisdom but they don't see that I'm looking for the networking and the the connection and the relationship so like sometimes I have to get the ball
0: rolling on that part Mm -hmm. that is such uh, that just resonates deeply because like no 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 I want to connect with you yeah I don't want to just give you information that doesn't light me up but yeah, like, exactly. let's let's get the energy flowing both ways, heart to heart. Exactly.
1: And you can see where, you know, I'm a projector. And so I think a lot of other projectors are sometimes hesitant because they're like, what's an invitation? Do I have to wait for the invitation? But for me, that feels very healthy and correct for me to almost like, I don't even want to say initiate, but, you know, just to reach out to someone and say, Hey, would you love to have a call? Um, And just chat about how we can support each other because I'm not going into it with expectations of they're going to buy anything from me or that we're going to have this wonderful relationship. I'm just going into it with like, let's connect because I'm a four line and I just want to connect with you, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, um, I forget what I was going to say about that. So I'm not going to say anything, but (laughs) that makes perfect sense as a projector. Mm -hmm. I'm realizing that this might be a good spot to end this episode and it might call for around three.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because we could talk about digestion for
0: an entire hour. Yeah. Um, Environment.
1: Yeah. We could talk about that for
0: probably an hour. So I agree. Yeah. So, so Jesse's coming back. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just love nerding out on human design with you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love. Connecting with like-minded souls, and um, I think you mentioned in another episode with somebody else that um, you're like, we haven't even hugged in real life, but that doesn't resonate with. Yeah, It yeah. doesn't, sorry, that doesn't re- register for me, and I feel the same same way with you. I feel like uh, our
0: energies have hugged. <laughs> yeah, they have. We've been hiking together. Yeah, like, yeah. It feel. I feel like I've known you forever.
1: Same. And you actually have gone hiking with me, FYI, because I've listened to your podcast while hiking. So
0: you actually have. (laughs) Thanks. I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was hot, but that's okay. (laughs) I love Um, it. All right. So tell us all the places to find you, please.
1: You can find me on Instagram at joyfullyhuman. And then you can also find me on my website, which is joyfullyhuman.online.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And stay tuned for more with me and Jesse. I love you. Love you all. Yay. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you learned a ton and I hope you're excited for more because we absolutely positively will have to bring Jesse back because the two of us have so much fun and we keep thinking of more things we need to talk about when it comes to human design. So please go check out her Instagram for all things. She's doing tons of live classes, all the things. She's at Joyfully Human. Give a shout out to me, please, on Instagram, I'm at Kelsey Abbott CPC. And if you would like a human design reading with me, please go schedule it at kelseyabbott.com slash human design. There you can schedule an individual de- reading, as in you, me, your chart, or a partner reading, which is you, me, your partner, and your charts. And with a partner reading, and that partner can be your business partner, your romantic partner, your child, your sibling, Your best friend, whoever you want. And we look at, we do a deep dive on both of your charts and we look at how your charts interact. We can do some coaching also around how you guys can really support and celebrate each other and how you can dig into your strengths and support each other in the things that aren't your strengths. It is so much fun. I love it. It is ultimate human design playtime. And remember, meditations totally free are available at kelseyabbott.com slash meditations and core class every Saturday at 4 PM, totally virtual come via zoom. You can come from anywhere in the world, kelseyabbott.com slash core to sign up for that. And finally you guys have been feeling the nudge to do some solo episodes. So I've got a bunch brewing and I think that's what I'm going to have for you next week. We shall see have a wonderful week. I love you. Thank you for listening. Be you, be shiny, be sparkly, be bright. Remember you are light and go forth and be awesome.